allegiance of this government to its citizens. In short, we embarked on a mission to make America great again for all Americans. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue. Dear listeners, thank you very much for listening to the second episode of Radiator Radio's newest podcast series called In Retrospect. My name is Tobias, and today my co-host Julian and I would like to introduce you to the world of American politics. On January 20th of the latest, Joe Biden has been inaugurated as the 46th President of the United States. This following a first election race between former President Donald Trump and him, which did not even end until far after the polls were closed. With America taking a new turn to the left, after four years of Republican rule, it creates space for several questions regarding the future of American politics. Today, we would like to hear an insider's perspective on his views on the future of American politics, and especially this time from a Republican perspective. We will interview Diego Morales, currently running for Secretary of State in the state of Indiana, and he's with us today, uh, be it online. Dear Mr. Morales, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, thank you, uh, Tobias and Julian, for the opportunity to be in your podcast. Uh, Yes, uh, my name is Diego Morales. I am a proud Hoosier from Indiana, from the Midwest uh, in the United States of America. Uh, I am a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, I've been a former senior advisor to Vice President Mike Pence when he was governor uh, of the state of Indiana. You know, I uh, graduated from Silver Creek High School in Salisbury, Indiana, in the Midwest. I went to study my bachelor's degree at uh, Indiana University. I went on to pursue my MBA at uh, Purdue University. And of course, uh, you know, Purdue, uh, that's where Neil Armstrong uh, went to school, the first astronaut who, you know, obviously went to the moon. So we're very proud of that. Uh, As well as I had the opportunity to study my global MBA at uh, Tilburg University, so I'm no stranger to to the to the Netherlands, uh, and I hope to c- come back and see you guys soon as well in, in the Netherlands. And uh, as well, you know, I've been a, an entrepreneur, I've been a consultant, I've been as well a teaching as an adjunct professor at the community college, uh, teaching business 101, 105, 107, 109. Uh, I've been working with, uh, you know, farmers, uh, the agricultural community, uh, the business community. Uh, I've been working with, uh, you know, with uh, different sectors from the private sector, the government sector, you know, the military sector, the higher education or or educational sector. Uh, One of the things is because I wanted to prepare myself and be well-rounded and get the qualifications, the credentials to run for any office here in America. Uh, but make no mistake, uh, I am uh, a proud uh, American and a proud Hoosier. And that's me, Diego Morales. Thank you very much, Diego, for your uh, introduction. Um, and if I'm correct, you're, I heard you're also running for state Secretary of State, if I'm correct, of Indiana. Could you please explain to our audience what in your words, what the Secretary of State is, what's his position, and what can he do for Americans or for Hoosiers in this case? That's a great question. Uh, so the office of the Indiana Secretary of State, uh, it's, uh, I would say, one of the top offices in the state of Indiana or any other state in America. We have 50 states, and every state has their Secretary of State. Uh, in Indiana, we focus here on four main divisions or responsibilities. Uh, But let me start by saying it is an open election. Uh, The current Secretary of State is not allowed or able to run for re-election according to the Constitution of the state. This will allow me to run and be the next Indiana Secretary of State. So the responsibilities for this office are uh, four uh, are four. Let me start with the number one, and which is my number one focus, which is election security. Election security, that's the number one responsibility that I like to focus on. Uh, number two, it is the business division. The business division, 
uh, all businesses in Indiana, in the state where I live, are registered under the Secretary of State's office under the business division. Let's say you start your own LLC or your own uh, manufacturing business or your own hotel or restaurant, it, it, you name it. You have to register your business under the Secretary of State's office, and that's the business division. The auto dealers division, you see all the dealers who sell cars, uh, that you know they are the ones who regulate all the, you know, obviously, and work with uh, owners of auto dealers uh, who obviously are selling new or old cars. And number four, the securities division. They are the ones, obviously, who work and regulate, you know, the, the banking industry, uh, as well as they do a lot of education in terms of uh, uh, financial literacy. Those are the, the four. But let me come back with uh, the number one, which is election security. You guys uh, perhaps were following the presidential election just a couple months ago. Yes, we were. news <laughs> over here as well. Exactly. So uh, I truly believe that now more than ever, uh, we need to focus on election security and election integrity. So why am I running, uh, as you said, uh, uh, you know, why am I running for Secretary of State? You know, I am running because of my deep love for Indiana and for America. And I've been crisscrossing. We have 92 counties in the state of Indiana. It's a big state, 92 counties. And I've been crisscrossing all 92 counties, exploring how I can best serve my fellow Hoosier. So, you know, what I learned from Hoosiers, that's, you know, that's our nickname, that's how they call us, right? Is that they want someone with deep understanding on voting in elections and also in business which is part of the, you know, the, the responsibilities of the office. And also someone who is a conservative. I, I'm a conservative and I'm not, not ashamed to say that, you know. I respect everyone else's opinion. I, you know, I have many friends, they, they are liberals, and hey, I may disagree with them, but I disagree respectfully, right? But also uh, what I hear from my fellow Hoosiers is that they, they want someone who's guided by faith, you know, uh, you know, I have my, my own faith and obviously it's personal like anybody else. Uh, you know, I respect people as well on their faith or beliefs or, or, or no at all. That's, uh, that's personal, right? Now, uh, that's kind of why I've been doing for the past years, listening. And, and you know, uh, again, I go back because now I believe the most important uh, responsibilities is election security and election integrity. So as the next Indiana Secretary of State and Chief Election Officer, I will stand firm in support of protecting the right to vote. I will be vigilant in defending the sanctity of each ballot and election integrity. And I would like to register eligible Hoosiers to participate in the election process. You know, I like to motivate like young people like you, obviously you in your country, but you know, young people like, like you here in America, Americans, Hoosiers, encourage them to register them to vote, to get out to vote, to be part of the process. It is important to do that. And of course, I will work with the Indiana business community to attract domestic and international economic opportunities. Therefore, creating economic prosperity and economic growth for Indiana. So obviously, uh, in one of my travels in the Netherlands, I will be promoting Indiana and I will say, hey, if, you're, uh, if you want to move to Indiana, talk to me. We welcome you. You know, We want you to, to you know, start your business in Indiana. Uh, if you're a Dutch businessman, hey, we want you. You, know, you can invest in Indiana. Here are all what we can offer you. So I want to be a salesman for the state of Indiana as well. Uh, but make no mistake, my number one goal and priority is election security and election integrity, followed by business. Yeah, of course, this links into one of the questions we were going to ask, um, with, which is many of the issues that you've, you've mentioned uh, also relate to many American issues as a whole, the whole country uh, has been dealing with. 
Uh, do you believe that election security and faith is a bigger issue in, in your state more than others? Or or is it more important in, in local politics of Indiana? Um, or is this a big an issue that's in the entire U.S. as a whole? So, you know, I can speak about Indiana in the, you know, I, I wish, you know, there is a, a perfect election. There, there is no perfect uh, election. Uh, but I do know, obviously, uh, Indiana has done a fairly good job, but there is a lot of room for improvement. Uh, I know a few counties uh, out of the 92 that uh, we need to focus and we need to do a, a better job. Uh, unlike other states, obviously, you, you probably read the news, um, you know, states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Georgia, that's where all, there were so many issues, right? Uh, you know, but, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, I can tell you that the border fraud, uh, it, there, there is border fraud out there, uh, you know, and obviously what, what happened in some of these states, uh, I don't want none of that to, to, to come to Indiana, per se, in my state. So my job is actually to secure our elections and to make it transparent and fair for everyone. Look, I'm not here to say uh, we're going to make it harder for everyone to vote. No, no, no. In fact, we want to make sure, make it easier, uh, but transparent. That's the right word, transparent, and, and, and to go smoothly. And I believe I have the qualifications to, to do that. Okay, thank you very much. And linking back to the difference between America as a whole and Indiana as a state, what are the biggest differences in mentality of Hoosiers and other Americans? Or is there any? So, obviously, I will... Uh, uh, I, I've been sharing with the other 49 states into the world, in, including, uh, obviously, uh, the Netherlands and, and any other European country or Latin American country or Asian country, that, uh, without, without a doubt, Indiana is the best state in the union, you know. <laughs> I, I, I brag on that. I tell others because we truly show uh, true Hoosier hospitality. We here in the Midwest, you know, still you see people saying, hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? Or if you get into an elevator, you know, hey, how are you? Good morning. Uh, you know, unlike you go to some other states, they're, they're very cold. They don't even greet you. They don't even say hi. So uh, we, we proud ourselves. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of the few, very few, who has traveled all over the 92 counties. And we, we have, you know, we are a rural uh, state. You know, we have a lot of agriculture, uh, obviously, here in Indiana. Uh, but uh, I've been able to build uh, a lot of good relationships with, uh, you know, with many stakeholders in Indiana, including you know, farmers, physicians, educators. Uh, and I can tell you, I've been so welcomed, you know, by many Hoosiers, yeah. you know. And, you know, I, I would love to get into this more because uh, obviously I want some time at the end and share a little bit more of my of my vision for the Secretary of State's office. But here is why I'm doing this. You know, my family... We come from the country of Guatemala. That's how we emigrate, emigrated from Guatemala to America, to Indiana. So when I arrived in Salisbury, Indiana, I was in my senior year in high school, right? And I knew zero word of English, zero. I had no friends. I had nothing. All the... You know, the culture barrier, the language barrier, everything was against me. But you know what happened? Hoosiers welcomed me with open arms. At the high school, I saw these Americans from Indiana taking me under their wings, helping me, assisting me, teaching me. That's, that was the first impression I got here. So, you know, say what you say. Uh, I know we, we, a lot of people focus on other issues, 
But I can tell you, I've been blessed to have some good support from Hoosiers in Indiana. And ever since, uh, you know, um, people have come in my path to help me, to encourage me, to say, hey, we can do it here. You, you can do it in, in America, in Indiana, if you're willing to work hard and sacrifice. And, you know, many of us have the choice to either work hard or not. And, and I, I understand, you know, there are more barriers than, than that. But I can tell you this. I, I had that choice to, after high school, to either work two to three jobs to put my, myself in school and pay for my own school or go and work directly in any job, right? Uh, but then I said, you know what? If I'm after high school, if I don't go to college, I'm going to be working the rest of my life, whether at the, at the factory or whatever, which make no mistake, that's an honorable job as well. I want to make sure I'm not putting down anybody. That's an honorable job. But I said, you know, I came to America to be successful and to live the American dream. But it depends on me because there is nothing given to you. That's one thing that I disagree. If someone wants to hand it something for free to you, that's not right. That's where I disagree. So what I did, I worked two to three jobs in order to pay for my school. And I, I did that for four years or more. And I can tell you, it was hard. I was learning the language. I was learning the culture. I was trying to make friends. And I was going to college. And I was working two to three jobs. Many nights, I was about to throw the towel. Many nights, I was crying. I'm not ashamed to say this. Many times, I was thinking, I don't think I can do this. This is tough. Maybe I'm, I should throw the towel. But you know what? I said, if I throw the towel, I will never be successful. So I better, uh, you know, suck it up and keep on working hard. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm glad I, I, I did that because then I graduated from college and uh, I went on to you know, continue to get more experiences and then went to graduate school. Uh, so that now when I look back, I'm running for Secretary of State because, uh, again, my uh, deep uh, love uh, for this country, but also I prepare myself. You know, I'm qualified. As I tell you, I bring the, the, the private sector experience. I bring the government exper experience. I bring the military experience. I bring the educational experience. So I'm well-rounded, and I, I truly believe I have the, the right ingredients to be, you know, uh, one of the best, if not the best Secretary of State uh, in the country here in America. Yeah, yeah. Alisa's, I think, being Latino myself, I think, and seeing many Latin Americans immigrate into the U.S. and having, working hard to get up, you know, it's, it is undeniable that, work, that the U.S. has better institutions and allows for a lot of immigrants to have a better life. Um, so that, I mean, you're, you're pretty much a success story of it, right? But it is also much difficult, for, or would you believe if it's much difficult for someone like you with Latino background um, in the U.S. to get where you got? So we all face challenges in, in, in life, uh, obviously. And, you know, people will say, well, uh, because obviously you are a minority, you are a diverse person, uh, you know. But you know what? Uh, actually, my mind, it's always been, you know what? I've been working hard two to three hours. I've been working harder than anybody else. So for me, it's, it's natural that I'm going to work harder than anybody else. And, and you know, I, I don't have to prove myself to anyone. But if I have to prove, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to work harder. So when I said I see more opportunity, it's because I want to show others that I have good work ethics, yeah. that I believe in what I'm doing, and that I am going to earn your support or, or whatever it is. You know, when I was in school, I was earning, you know, I was working hard, right, to, to get a college degree, to get a graduate degree, to pursue my MBA. Uh, in this case, running for office as well, you know, there is always going to be challenges in life because life is not fair, you know, uh, but... Uh, you know what, I'm going to focus to continue to let others know 
why I'm the right candidate and uh, why they should vote for me. But at the same time, I'm going to show it through hard work. I, I, I don't know any other secrets. You, if you guys have any secrets, share with me. But the only secret I know is uh, to, to work hard. Hard work and hard work will eventually will pay off. Thank you very much. Of course, Mr. Morales, you have a lot of political experience, among other positions working as a senior advisor to Vice President Mike Pence. When in office, what were the biggest challenges you faced or did you face any major challenges? Could you please explain us? You know, actually, uh, I guess I had, I had the opportunity, I should say the honor to, you know, to work for Vice President Pence when he was governor. Uh, and, you know, it was one of the highlights of my career. Uh, here is why, again, uh, as a first-generation immigrant coming to America with all the challenges that I already shared with you that, that I went through, and then get the opportunity to work uh, for a man like Mike Pence, uh, you know, I really value that because, again, I prepare myself. I was there not you know, uh, I was there because I had the qualifications. So one of the things that I, uh, you know, that I did when I was there, and, and, and I love to share this, you know, the first two years, I was a, per se, a middle management uh, employee, per se. You know, I was the director of uh, community relations for all the state building those relationships. But I proved myself, right? Again, we go back to hard work again. So I wanted to prove myself so they can promote me. And then um, and they, they promoted me to be a senior advisor, just what you said, Tobias, you know. So during that role, I had three, I was doing three jobs, but I was getting paid only one, <laughs> right? You know, I was so busy. So I was the senior advisor, but also I was the director of international affairs for the, the office of the, the governor in the state of Indiana. And then I created the Office of Latino Affairs so we can grow the Latino community. So part of what I was doing, I was building those relationships with the diverse community because I want to grow the state as well. I want to see more diverse people. Uh, you know, I want to encourage them to, to go to school, to, to prepare themselves, to get educated, you know, just kind of what I've been doing. So I was working with the Latino community. I was working with the international community. We have, uh, let me just share with you. We have, a. Uh, it may not look like we have many people here from uh, many parts of the world, but we do. We have uh, a lot of people from Burma, Burmese. We have a lot of Asians here. We have Japanese, Chinese. We have a lot of Europeans uh, here, you know. We have people from Eastern Europe, from Western Europe. Uh, we have uh, Latinos uh, you know, we have people from all over the world. So I was building those relationships with, uh, obviously, with uh, the international diverse community. But then on my, uh, as a senior advisor, I was continuing to build those relationships with farmers, with educators, with physicians, with small business owners. So what I, what I did, this is what, I, what it comes in handy, my education, when I was in the Netherlands uh, studying my MBA, when I was in Germany studying my, my global MBA, when I was in Hungary studying my global MBA, when I was in Asia, because what I did as a senior advisor was I was the person in charge of welcoming all diplomats, all ambassadors from all around the world to Indiana. And guess what? Because I've been in your countries already. I knew the way Dutch people think. Believe me, I, I know that. <laughs> I know the way Germans think. I know the way Asians think. So when they arrive in Indiana, guess what? I roll the red carpet for them. And I will welcome them the way they think so we can show them true Hoosier hospitality. So they can invest, they can start their businesses here. And then during that role, I traveled to India. I went to India. I went to Brazil, promoting Indiana and attracting investment to Indiana. So basically, I was, again, I was like the salesperson for the state of Indiana. You, you know, during that year in 2013, 
the unemployment rate in Indiana was at 8.4%. When we left in January of 2017, we brought it down to 4%, 4, so more than half. Why is that? Because the job, what I was doing, you know, I was out there promoting Indiana. I was out there selling Indiana. I was attracting investment, therefore creating jobs here. So uh, I enjoy doing that because all, obviously, you know, I'm, very, I'm like you. I'm like you. I love international studies. I love international affairs. And in order to do that is to learn other cultures, other languages, to travel, to see the reality. So you can... Uh, benefit your state or your country so that's that's what I was doing uh, doing my role uh, for the vice president when he was governor and I cannot be grateful for the opportunity that I had to work for a great man as Mike Pence um, you've basically explained differences in culture between uh, Indiana America and the rest of the world and the importance of understanding these differences that links us to our next question Um, in your opinion, what is the difference between politics in Europe and in the US and in what aspects Europeans might not understand or not fully understand American politics? Well, I think one of the, uh, one of the first and easy, easiest distinctions will be that uh, we, we here in America, we only have two parties, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. That, that's it. That's it. So you, you're either one or the other, right? And I know in Europe, uh, you guys tell me, there are more parties in, in, in Asia, in Latin America. So some countries, they have like 20, 25, 30 parties running for to be president or something. I was like, whoa, you know, that's a lot, right? So that, that's the main thing that, uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, the main distinction between other countries. America has only two parties, and, and you, you're either one or the other. And I can, I'd be more than happy to tell you why I'm a Republican, and, and I'm a proud Republican, you know. I'd be more than happy to tell you wh why I'm a Republican and, and I'm not a Democrat. Uh, but the distinctions is, is mainly that. Uh, also, uh, I would say the way we, we vote. Uh, let me give you an example. I've been an international election observer. I've been in countries like El Salvador or Guatemala to oversee their presidential elections. I went to see the way they run their elections, right? Why, why I was doing that? Because I knew I was going to run for secretary, Indiana Secretary of State, so that will help me, prepare me to be in the field and see how things work with other countries, right? So, you know, what I learned is that, uh, you know, we function similar but different. You know, obviously they have a different uh, style of what they do. Yes, they, they use the machines, the voting machines. Uh, some of them use the, the paper ballot to vote. Uh, uh, you know, some of them, they need to show their, uh, you know, their ID or their credentials to show that you're the one who's voting, right? And we do that here in America, but not in many states, only in few states, uh, you know, we do that. And, and uh, to me, it's no brainer. You should show your ID. If you show your ID to buy alcohol or a cigarette or whatever, why, why not to show your ID, you know, uh, to vote, right? So there are a, a few distinctions uh, out there. You know, uh, but the main thing, obviously, some other countries believe in, a, you know, obviously uh, in a democracy, uh, you know, or a republic or whatever they may be. Right. So uh, for us, uh, again, the, the main thing that I want uh, your audience, which you guys are in the Netherlands, uh, obviously, is that uh, the main thing that I get asked is why? Uh, you know, the United States only has uh, two parties. And I said, well, because uh, uh, it's, it's always been that way. In fact, there is a third party that is trying to grow, which is the Libertarian Party or perhaps the Green Party. But then usually it just doesn't have a lot of room for, for growth, you know. Uh, so now uh, we're going to continue to, you know, obviously with uh, with the two parties. And, and that's uh, that's what I... I I perceive uh, will will continue to be uh, in in this country. 
Um, you know, in Europe, many people, when they speak about the Republican Party, they perhaps lack the nuance that many American viewers might have of how the party operates, what how diverse the party is, and how the, the diversity of thoughts within the party. That's why I would like to ask if, as a member of the Republican Party, do you feel your voice is heard? And what are the challenges associated with your identity within in the context of your party? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, let me start by saying that I am a Republican because I believe in small government. You know, I believe on a hand up, not a hand out. I believe on earning what I want in life. I believe on giving, you know, my fellow American or my fellow Hoosier, you know, uh, their money and the, the money that they get they should be spending it the way they want, whether it's investing it in their own business or uh, putting it back to the economy, rather than the government to spend your money, because that's your money, that's taxpayers' money, and spend it on nonsense things, to be honest with you. So that's the main difference uh, why I'm a Republican. Now, to answer to your question, Obviously, as a Republican as well, I rely a lot on my faith. As I say, I'm a man of faith. I am, uh, uh, you know, 100%, uh, you know, obviously pro-life. I believe on the pro-life uh, movement. But also, I, I believe uh, on uh, our second amendment here, uh, which is the right to bear arms. Look, I served in the United States military, right? So uh, I know how to, to, you know, how to use a gun, right? Uh, so I believe on everyone to have the right. I, I know this is an issue different in Europe because in Europe they that's uh, that's a no per se. But here in America, we believe on the right to bear arms, and I'm on a, and I am 100% uh, you know pro Second Amendment or pro gun. Uh, but obviously, you know uh, we want uh, you know the right people, good people to, to have that right, obviously, you know. But uh, uh, those are the distinctions that uh, we we have. And based on that, that's why I'm a Republican. Now, why, uh, you know, many times people say, well, let's try to change the Republicans to accept more diverse people, whether you're la uh, Latino or African-American or Asian. My mentality has always been: we need to uh, we need to work from from the inside out. Twenty years ago, I got involved in the Republican Party, so I started from scratch. I was, you know, I was uh, I was the guy who was putting the jar signs out there. I was the guy who was. Passing out the brochures. I was the. I've been a driver. I've been. A, I. I done it all. I started from the bottom, from the bottom, from scratch, building my way up, right. So, uh, and I've been doing this within the Republican Party again because uh, it's they believe in capitalism, in, in yep. less government, uh, you know, in the pro Second Amendment, in you know all of that. Now. But I've been showing my party, specific, I'm going to speak, speak specifically in Indiana, that we, you know, first and foremost, I'm an American and I'm a Hoosier. But also, with my background as a Latino, we need to grow the party. We need to expand the tent. What I encourage them and anybody is that we need to expand our party with qualified conservative, diverse candidates, just like me, just like my story, you know, because you can hear others, um, you know, you, you probably uh, hear uh, this uh, congresswoman from New York, uh, the so-called AOC, you know, yeah. the AOC of the world, you know, I respect, you know, uh, obviously I disagree with all what she stands for. I disagree a hundred percent. But but I respect you know her rights to, to to voice what she believes in. So all I ask for everyone to respect me that I'm a conservative and that I believe on these issues. You know we can agree to disagree respectfully. 
So my goal has always been to grow the Indiana Republican Party so we can attract and we can recruit more uh, minorities, more African-Americans, more Asians, more Latinos. The problem here is that not many people are willing to, to put the work, right? To work hard, just like what I've been doing. Sometimes people expect them just to, hey, I'm going to put you there. No, I'm not going to put you there just because you're a, a minority or because you're a Latino or you, because you are uh, an African-American or Asian or, or a woman. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I've been earning an opportunity to run for office and I've been doing it the right way. I've been doing it through hard work, but also I have prepared myself. I've been preparing myself uh, because if I don't prepare myself, no one will listen to me. Yeah. Not only I have the, you know, I have a strike on me that I'm a minority, you know, but then they will say, oh, he doesn't have a college education. Oh, he doesn't have the experience. Oh, he doesn't have this. Oh, 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 excuses, excuses. And that's exactly why I've been preparing myself so I don't have to give any excuses to anybody. So that way I can say, this is the way, you know, it has, you know, it has cost me so many time, energy, hard work, and finances to prepare myself. So now I can be a good candidate because at the end of the day, I, I'm doing this because I love this country. I I have the right uh, credentials, but most importantly, I want to inspire the next generation, like you guys, you know? I want to inspire people to get involved, to run for office. So when they can see that Diego Morales is able to, to run for office in Nakungul, when, when I win and I will be the next Indiana Secretary of State, I hope I can inspire others to say, well, if Diego was able to do it as, as a minority, as a Latino, in a, in a state like Indiana, who is mostly more, you know, um, more, uh, more uh, uh, Anglos live here than, than diverse people. And then I can open the doors for many people, for many other young, diverse people. And they can say, well, if he's able to do it, why not me? I can do that. But you know why? I don't have to do this. I can just be easy, enjoy my life. But I know this is my calling because I want to open the doors for many other diverse people. The only thing I ask is that, you know, if you want to be, a, if you want to join the Republican Party, it's just obviously you need to be a conservative. You need to, you need to believe in those values that we believe. That, that, that's it, you know. So I'm doing this because I truly believe that I want to grow our party here in Indiana and in the process encourage the next generation of Hoosiers to get involved and to run for office perhaps someday and, and say, yeah, that guy opened the door because yeah. that guy was able to do it. Now I'm encouraged. I, I, I can do this too. So that's exactly why I'm running as a Republican. That's super interesting to hear. I'm quite refreshing, if I'm honest, uh, because, you know, the politi current political climate of the U.S. perhaps is not the best right now, <laughs> you know. So it's really refreshing to hear that no matter if you disagree with someone, it's still a right to, to there's no reason to, you know, jump the gun like many people from both sides have been doing, I think, in the U.S., right? allegiance of this government to its citizens. In short, we embarked on a mission to make America great again for all Americans. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue. Seeing the development in the last few months, especially regarding the presidential election, Many, including our audience, are wondering what the future will hold for America and American politics, and especially in regards to the Republican Party. In your words, what will the future of the Republican Party be like in the post-Trump era? Well, I, I can tell you, the, obviously, the, the future of the party, the, in the GOP Republican Party, 
it's still alive, obviously, you know, we're still going strong. Uh, I was just sharing with, uh, you know, Julian, that uh, why I'm a Republican. Uh, I'm not sure if you were able to hear, uh, but you will hear on the recording uh, why I'm a Republican. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to strengthen the Republican Party because we're going to share with others uh, our values, our beliefs, and why we're going to do, you know, for the country, you know, uh, because we believe on economic growth. We believe in small government. We believe on uh, the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms. We believe on uh, being pro-life. We believe on, on faith. Uh, you know, so we're going to continue to share with others uh, why the, the Republican Party, uh, it's, uh, it's going to continue to grow. And, and part of the growth will be with candidates like myself, who has that background, who brings that Latino background to grow the party, right? So uh, that's how we're going to grow. And, and I, let me just be clear. Uh, President Trump, uh, he did a great job on growing our country, on growing our economy. Uh, you know, he honestly, uh, you know, obviously as a, an entrepreneur, he comes from the private sector. He's an outsider. And that's how I consider myself. I'm, a, uh, I'm an outsider. I'm coming from the private sector. You know, he did, he, he did a good job and. And I sure hope uh, the, you know, the, the president will continue to be involved. In, in fact, he is. Just for you to know, next Sunday, he will be speaking on his first appearance at CPAC. CPAC is a conservative uh, movement in, in America. Uh, and he, he will be, it will be his first appearance speaking at CPAC next Sunday in, uh, in Florida. So he's going to continue to be involved in, in the party. And uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, again, people may disagree with him the, the way uh, perhaps uh, he, you know, obviously he speaks or he, you know, tweets a lot, you know, things like that. But, but, but I got to tell you this, uh, he, he was needed. You know why? When I ran for Congress myself, uh, Tobias, probably you remember, uh, you know, how may I mention it to you. When I ran for Congress, I was I was treated unfairly by the media. The media went after me. The media will never be by your side. And when the president, uh, President Trump, was saying fake media, I agree with him because they are, you know, the fake media. They're always going after you, looking for the bad side, looking for the mistakes, looking where they can get you, right? Uh, so when he was using Twitter, it was to expose the media, like how corrupt is, you know, is the, the media. Now, you know, we always talk about free and fair uh, media. I don't believe that there is any free and fair media now because uh, they're always printing uh, some the, the bad stuff about you. They're never going to give you a chance to... You know, to, to say if it's something good, they will never print it. They will never say anything. But if it's something bad that you did, yeah, there, that that's what it makes the high the, the headlights, the headlights. Sorry. So uh, again, uh, the the president President Trump is going to be speaking this and he's, he's not going anywhere. And uh, he's I'm you know I cannot speak on his behalf. Let me be clear. Uh, but uh, from what I see, he's going to continue to to be involved and continue to be a big part of the party. Now, whether people like it or not, obviously that's, I have no control on what people want him to do or not to do. So uh, he will continue to be a, pa a part of it. Look, he just went through a second impeachment, yeah. second. And obviously he was acquitted. So, uh, but let me just be said, to me, it was, um, it was unfairly, uh, here is why it was unfair. Uh, first of all, it was a, a hoax. It was a sham of impeachment against the president. Here is why. Because the Democrats, they have the White House now. They have the Senate. They have, they have the House of Representatives. You know what they should be focusing? They should be focusing on rolling out more vaccines to the rest of Americans. They should be focusing on giving the, uh, as they said, $1,400 or $2,000 to Americans who are in need. Where is this money that they promised? I don't. Americans are suffering. They need to pay bills. They need to pay rent. They need to pay, uh, you know, their electric bills. 
They're not doing that. So rather than going after a president on impeachment, they should be focusing on, you know, on helping Americans in need. They didn't do that. Now, obviously, they they wasted one full week for for all of that. Uh, So we need to get back to what's more important, which is helping, in this case, Americans in need, uh, you know, fighting this COVID-19 getting more vaccines to the people in need so we can get back to a normal life, not only in America, but across the world. And we can help our allies, our European allies, you know, uh, the Dutch, the, the, the European countries who are allies to America. We can help. That's the thing. You know, we need to focus on on foreign affairs. How can we help our allies, in this case, uh, the, the country where you guys are, the, the Netherlands? So that's what we should be our focus not trying to impeach someone, you know, that, 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 that has, it doesn't do anything, you know, people are dying now, you know, so we need to focus on that. So I hope that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting to, to, to hear that at least per se. Um, of course, like, um, I'm not that conservative myself, but I do agree that at least a political elite in the U.S. is not the best, especially in I mean, especially the entrenched political elite that has been that has been in the U.S. for really, really long time. Perhaps they've forgotten about the average American, as many Americans from both right and left suggest, you know. And I do personally, at least, I do agree with that to some certain extent. Um, this brings me to two questions that I made that that I may ask um, you. Uh, the first one is again like because of the concerns you brought up with impeachment and because other concerns you have um, as a Republican figure, what are your major concern concerns over Joe Biden's presidency? And to add to this, I would also like to know uh, if Joe Biden and perhaps the political elite that stands behind him um, ha- have they forgotten about the average American in your opinion? Well. You know, obviously, I have many concerns about, uh, you know, President Biden. Uh, let me be clear, not not because he's a Democrat and he's, uh, yeah. you know, obviously not part of, not part of my, my party yeah, because I am a Republican. Here is my concern because they, they like to offer a lot of things, but they don't live up to, to, to what they offer. And, and let me just give you a clear, clear example. And I sure hope and I wish them the best because, uh, you know, when I get to to be the next Indiana Secretary of State, I would love to work with them. I will work with anybody. We can help people. We can help Hoosiers, you know. So I don't care if they are Democrats, whoever they are. I like to work with anybody so we can benefit and help people. But let me give you a clear example uh, how um, Joe Biden and the Democrats operate. And this is my uh, one of my biggest concerns. When Joe Biden was the vice president under Obama, you know, Obama won in uh, 2008. Then after that, uh, you know, he promised an immigration reform in the United States of America. Now, when they won the, the House, the Senate, and they were in the White House, just like right now, they passed Obamacare. That's obviously the health, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for everyone, you know, who wanted some uh, good uh, health benefits. And, I, you know, I'm not going to get into that because, uh, you know, uh, you, we're not talking about uh, Obamacare. But they, ha- they, they were able to pass that bill because they were in charge of the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Now, they were able to do the same to pass an immigration reform. They campaigned. They said, hey, when we will get there, we're going to help to give a path to citizenship to the 11 million or some, which I believe is more. It easily doubles that number. Did they do that? No. Nothing. And still people believe in the Democrats. Still the Latino community, most of Latinos are Democrats. And still believe on that when they offer that and they did not do it. So that's what I take issue when I tell other, when some Latinos tell me, why are you Republican? You should be a Democrat because minorities are Democrats. I said, no. I said, you know why I'm a Republican? Because my values, my beliefs, and again, because I believe on less government and, and what I said earlier. 
But I said, why are you a Democrat? Oh, because the Democrats are for the, the party. I'm sorry, the Democrat party are for the poor, the needy, the immigrants. And I say, have they passed your immigration reform already? No. Oh, we're still waiting. Well, they had the opportunity. And now Joe Biden during the campaign was running. Oh, yes, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. You know, I'm going to pass. Look, where is it? Now they have all of this. They can pass an immigration reform, and I hope they will. I'll be honest with you, I hope I'm... uh, I'm wrong, and I hope they will pass it this year or here in a few months. That's their chance to do that and show others that they they're gonna do what they said they were gonna do it. But they already have a record. They did not do it in the past eight years uh, under the Obama administration. And you know, this is what I see: when there is something good, Joe Biden says, "Oh yeah, I was the vice president." When they ask him about the immigration reform, you know what he said? Oh, I was not the vice president. Come on, man. I'm so I'm sorry. He said I was not the president. I was just the vice president. <laughs> you know. So you know, typical politician, right? So my point to you is, I see this. Um, I, I and I can tell you about more issues. Like now, they're trying to take your your guns away from you again. I'm one. I, I'm one hundred percent pro Second Amendment, pro gun. And, and I disagree with that. You know, I see an issue on that because that is our rights to bear arms according to the Constitution of the United States, to bear arms. Now, again, I know this is a subject is a little more sensitive in Europe. I, I get that. So hopefully your audience will understand the differences, talking about the differences uh, of America and Europe. Here in America, most Americans believe in their right to bear arms. So, and I believe that too. So I want to make sure for all your listeners to hear that, you know, obviously we're going to be respectful to what uh, Dutch laws will say about, uh, you know, arms, because we cannot get involved, obviously, to, to local matters, right? But here in America, that's what we believe. So now they're talking about that. So, which I disagree. And I can give you more and more examples, but I, I think I can get, I, I just gave you uh, two good ones. So, so you know why, uh, are, I'm concerned about Joe Biden's, um, you know, administration. Another major major issue of the Biden presidency, especially from a European perspective, will be Joe Biden's regard to foreign policy. Uh, dear Mr. Morales, what are your views on this? So I'm passionate about foreign affairs myself, you know, and, and that is exactly why uh, I study overseas. That's why I, I study in the Netherlands, in, in you know, in other parts of, uh, in other countries in Europe, in Asia and Latin America. Uh, Because my goal, uh, when I get to be the next Secretary of State, I want to put Indiana in the global map. I want to take Indiana to the Netherlands. I want Dutch people to know where is Indiana. I want Dutch people to know who we are. In this podcast right now, I hope they will hear me and they will know, man, this guy is passionate about his state. Yes, I am. Because I want Dutch people to know about Indiana. You know, we obviously, as I said, we are a rural state. Uh, we have a lot of corn and uh, soybean. And also we produce a lot of uh, pork, you know, a lot of bacon. We love bacon here. <laughs> so... Uh, but but also you know we have a lot of things to do. We have a, uh, like sports. We have uh, the Pacers. It's a basketball team, professional. We have the Colts. It's a football uh, team. Uh, we have uh, an, uh, close to close to be an MLS soccer team as well. So I know you guys Dutch follow a lot. A lot of soccer. <laughs> we do. Uh, we have a baseball te- a baseball team. We have a hockey team. So we have a lot of things. You know. Uh, obviously, to to offer for uh, in this case for uh, Europeans like you guys coming to America and visit, and we want to make sure welcome you and and, and show you a good time, right? So, uh, you know, uh, my goal. Uh, obviously, I cannot talk more about uh, the you know the the president's foreign affairs because that's him, and, and anyways, they're not gonna listen to me. But I sure hope they will promote good policies, uh, you know, uh, I don't want our taxpayers' money here in America to be used 
to promote some liberal ideas in Europe or Latino or Latin America or Asia, because we need to be using some of that money here to protect our elections. You know, I always tell people, rather than trying to get money to, you know, to educate, you know, uh, people in uh, Asia about, uh, about abortion, why would we have to do that? We, sh I, we should get that money here in America to protect our elections. Because, uh, you know, uh, again, what I said, my goal in foreign affairs is to put Indiana on the global map. To tell others who we are and that you as Dutch people have the opportunity to come and invest in Indiana and to move your business in Indiana or to start a new business in Indiana. And we're going to give you the tools. And guess what? We, will, you know, we, we can accomplish a few things by doing that. We will accomplish by forging good bilateral relations between the, Nether, the Netherlands and Indiana. We can, we can encourage uh, exchange students just like you guys. We can say, come to Indiana, come and study at one of our universities in Indiana. We can uh, do a lot of cultural exchanges student exchanges, business. We can share best practices with, between the Netherlands and Indiana here in the Midwest. That's what I want to, to, to do in a foreign affairs from the office of the Secretary of State's office. And, and, but make no mistake, as I said, uh, you know, on a federal government coming from Joe Biden's agenda, I'd like to see if they can promote, yes, they, they need to promote uh, diplomacy with all countries around the world. And I encourage them to do that. Just exactly what I want to do from, from Indiana, right? What I disagree is for them to spend our taxpayers' money to educate others around the world about some liberal ideological ideas. That's what I disagree because that's our money. That's taxpayers' money from Americans. And I want that taxpayers' money to be used wisely, specifically on elections. Because I believe now more than ever, we need free, fair, safe, secure, and transparent elections. Let me say that again. I believe now in America and Indiana that we need free, fair, safe, secure, and transparent elections. So yesterday, I was campaigning all day across the state of Indiana, trying to earn delegates, because my race will be a convention. Le this is how it's going to work for me. Less than 2,000 people will meet to vote for me and choose me, okay, through a convention. So yesterday, I was talking to delegates who will vote for me, and I told them specifically this. I said, my commitment to you is that I will protect our election integrity with the same passion I protected our country while serving in the U.S. military. That's exactly how. You know, when I served in the United States Army, I protected our country. I trained myself. I prepared myself. So with the same passion, I'm going to protect our election integrity. Also, what I'm telling all delegates across the 92 counties of Indiana, I'm saying I will be vigilant in preventing voter fraud, and I will restore faith in our democracy. I like to restore and protect American democracy. Also, I was telling them that I would like to expand, you know, post-election audits. I like to see what's working, what's not working. If those machine, voting machines are not working, we need to fix them. We need to really focus on that. Uh, also, as I said earlier, we have, uh, when you go to vote, you will show your ID. I like to continue to strengthen our ID last, and, and we can secure our elections. Make no mistake, they need to be transparent. I'm not here talking about preventing people to vote. No, no, no. I want to actually let people to vote and be more accessible. So my passion First and foremost, and my number one priority is election security and election integrity here in Indiana. And I like to register as many people to be part of the process. But we're going to do this transparently. Again, I'm not asking more or less. Let's just have a transparent, free, and fair elections. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. You know, with my expertise in the military, with working for Mike Pence, 
working, I worked in the Secretary of State's office as well. Being, uh, I've been a poll worker. I've been uh, an international election observer. I've been working, you know, all over the state of Indiana with county clerks. I've been the private sector experience, the education experience. It makes me the ideal candidate to be the next Secretary of State. And in the process, we will grow the Indiana Republican Party with a qualified, conservative, diverse candidate such as Diego Morales. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, if you want to go to VSC, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And of course, you told us about your run for Secretary of State. Um, for, as a final question, you also have other future political aspirations. <laughs> well, you, you know, obviously, at this point, my goal is uh, getting elected, uh, getting the nominee, uh, or to be the next Indiana Secretary of State. Right? That, that's my number one goal and focus right now. Uh, you know, the the future. Uh, you know, obviously, we, we, we don't know the future, uh, but we know who the future holds, obviously. But uh, I can tell you this. My focus right now is to earn every single delegate support and vote so I can be the next Indiana Secretary of State. Obviously, we'll see what happens next, you know, uh, after we become. We'll see. You, you never know what, what's, uh, what's in store out there. Uh, but uh, for right now, my focus 100% is to work hard and earn. This is the thing, earn, um, you know, every single vote and delegate uh, so I can be the next Secretary of State. Okay. So you're good? Thank you very much. Yes, Diego, yeah. Diego Morales, thank you very much for uh, sharing your experiences with us today. I wish you very good luck with your run for Secretary of State in the end, of course. And to our listeners, please follow Diego Morales on all platforms. It's very easy, just C and then Diego Morales on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, check him out and uh, follow his campaign. Diego, uh, thank you very much once again. Nice part. If I, if I, yeah, if I may, before we finish, uh, and thank you, of course, yes, uh, uh, all the listeners, if you can follow me on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram at C Diego Morales at C Diego Morales. Uh, all my uh, social media is verified, so I have the blue check mark. So I appreciate the follow. Uh, but before I let you go, guys, go. I, I just want you to know that I'm encouraged by you both. You both are young. You both are doing this uh, podcast. Uh, you both are learning how American politics work, how international uh, studies uh, work. That's what you're studying. You guys are young. And this is exactly why I'm running for office, because I want to encourage, perhaps inspire the next generation like you guys to get involved, regardless of where you, where you live. You, you're in the Netherlands. I'm in America. It can be other young people like you in Asia, in Latin America. That's it. If we get involved and then agree to disagree respectfully in some issues, you know, the, the world will be better. That's, you know, someone was telling me, you know, I'm, uh, I'm very liberal. I said, that's fine. Man. I don't hate you for that. When I said, I'm a conservative, so don't hate me for that too, right? You know, let, let's look for the issues that we can work. Uh, it can be the economy. It can be to fight COVID-19, whatever it is. And, and let's make our country and a world a better than what we find it. That's the key. But many times we focus on the on division. Many times we focus on those issues that divide us. No, no, no. We cannot focus on those issues that divide us. We need to focus on issues that will unite us. And that's what I tell, tell others. I want to unite people. I want to be that bridge that can bring people together. Yes, we're never going to agree 100%. That I can tell you. We never. But let's look for those issues that we can agree and work together. So when I see you both young people, you know, getting involved, you know, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm so encouraged for the future. So uh, if I can tell you, keep it up, be encouraged, continue to 
study hard, uh, you know, uh, obviously in your studies, uh, study hard, make good grades, and follow your goals, reach your goals. I don't know what your goals are, whatever they are, don't never let anyone to tell you that it's not possible. Don't ever let anyone to tell you that you cannot do it because you can. You can do it and you will do it because if you're willing to work hard and sacrifice, you will, just like my, my story, I always tell people, if you don't believe that the American dream is still alive and well, look at my little life. At the beginning of our, uh, of our interview, I told you my humble beginnings, how I arrived in America. And now preparing myself and running for office, you tell me if that's not the American dream. But guess what? It hasn't come easy. It has taken me so much work, uh, even tears and sweat to, to be where I am right now. But it's possible. So you guys continue to do what you're doing in the Netherlands or wherever you, you guys may be in the future. But my if, if you guys have not learned anything today, I want you to remember this. Don't ever let anyone to tell you that you cannot do it because you can and you follow your dreams and shoot for the stars. That's my advice for you. So 